episode 71 of the Aggressive Progressive podcast. Democratic convention, I think, was a success. I mean, I know that some people think that there wasn't enough substance, but how much substance are you going to do in a two-hour program at night? Um, Republican Party has no platform. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. You and I, as citizens, have the obligation to shape the debates of our time, not only with the votes we cast, but with the voices we lift. The people are looking for honest answers, not easy answers. The very word secrecy is repugnant. Clear leadership. And we are, as a people, not false claims and evasiveness and politics as usual. Opposed to secret society. But ours was a nation of the votes, not the bullet. And a secret procedure. As a people, we cannot afford to let any group of citizens or any individual citizens live or labor under conditions which are injurious to the commonwealth. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, young, old, gay, straight, men, women, folks with disabilities, all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag to this big, bold country that we love. That's what I see. That's the America I know. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. How do you have a party convention and not have a platform? Their platform, and this, I, I'm not making this up. If you didn't read this or see this or if you don't follow me on Twitter, their platform is whatever Trump wants it to be. The Trump agenda is the Republican Party platform. The Trump agenda, which basically changes, you know, based on whatever he saw on Fox and Friends in the morning or whoever talked to him last or whatever his gut's telling him, his ever-growing gut tells him. That is the platform of the Republican Party. The Republican Party, America, no longer exists. The Republican Party is now the party of Trump. Period. End of sentence. And you need to hold every single one of them accountable for his sins, and there are many. I don't know if you looked at the lineup for the speakers at the RNC with, you know, the exception of Nikki Haley. Uh, It is the whitest lineup of any political party um, presentation, I think, in history, even even whiter than four years ago. Um, They they're they they don't stand for anything. And there is a Trump speaking every night. Plus, Donald Trump, of course, will make an appearance every night in prime time, 10 o'clock. This is a man who stands for nothing. And now one of our two great political parties in this country stands for nothing. No platform, no agenda, whatever his gut says. Now, um, for those of you who talk to your conservative friends, remind him that his gut once made him the Planned Parenthood honoree at their dinner in New York. And that wasn't even that long ago. It was in the 2010s. Um, so, you know, there's no platform holding him to anything now. It's just the Trump agenda, whatever that is. He'll, uh, he'll outline something, I guess, in the speech. I, I've been watching, look, I, I observe politics closer than almost anyone. I can't tell you what his plans are for his second term. Can you, can you tell me? I, I can't tell you what his plans are. 
I don't think he knows what his plans are. He has not articulated that on multiple occasions he's been asked. You know, not in a gotcha question. Just asked, what's your plans for your second term? Hannity asked him. He couldn't answer it. Uh, America, I mean, where, where are we even going here? Like, what do I even say about this? I Maybe I've said too much already. I, I just think that uh, I, 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 and maybe it's the most honest thing the Republican Party is going to do this week is say that they have no platform, that their platform is whatever Trump wants it to be. Maybe that's the most honest thing you're going to hear all week at the Republican National Convention, at least when it comes to a policy position. Because the fact of the matter is, that was what it was going to be no matter what they voted on, right? If Trump says left is is right and right is left, then God, God darn it, uh, us God-fearing patriotic Republicans feel the exact same way. Oh man, that was the ghost of Richard Nixon in... Uh, he just uh, he just came into me here, I guess. Uh, maybe that's the wrong word to use. <laughs> he just <laughs> possessed me. I was possessed by Tricky Dick Dixon. Um, you know, I, if the president says that the Earth is the center of the universe and everything else revolves around it, the God-fearing men and women of the GOP will support him on that. That's basically what they said here. I mean, they don't support science anyway, so the president could say whatever he wants, right? The, oh, come on. Those elites uh, like Galileo saying that the earth is not the center of the universe? Didn't he have to get? Didn't he have to go to prison for that? He was a criminal. He just, I mean, that's the Republican Party today, America. They are being led by adult who has a lot of opinions and... They change hour to hour. He has no plan for fixing the economy. He just wants to say, we had a great economy in February. It was great. We're going to have a great economy again in a year. How, Mr. President? How are you going to get COVID-19 under control? How are you going to, you know, there there are millions of jobs and businesses that have closed for good during uh, this recent recession that you caused by failing to protect us from COVID-19 or having a plan to get it quickly under control like most of Europe did. Uh, what's your plan, Mr. President? What's the Republican plan? What's the platform? How are we going to do this? Don't ask me that. <laughs> I guess there's a song, Don't Ask Me No More Questions, I'll Tell You No More Lies. Um, it's, it's, a, uh, it's amazing to me that 42% of Americans think that this is okay. I didn't realize we had 42% of this country was just dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. 42%. Now look, 58% don't like him. Let's hope they all show up and vote. He's doing his darndest to convince them that their vote won't count. Some of them are going to believe that because even in that 58%, there are some dumb people. We got to make sure that they understand that their vote will count and come hell or high water, they got to make sure they vote. And I just did this bit last week, so I'm not going to do it again. But trust me, I'll be doing you better get out and vote uh, again before uh, sometime in the next 69 days. Because we're 69 days away from the election as you're listening to this on a Tuesday. And, you know, most of you listen to it on Tuesday, but then a lot of you go throughout the week. So 69 to uh, 61 days between now and the election. For those of you who are listening to it in the first week, it's out. And there are some people who might listen to this weeks later, and it's closer to the election. So, you know, fast forward to my voting 
uh, podcast, which is probably out right now, too, if you listen to this, you know, four weeks, five weeks from now, six weeks from now. So no platform. Speakers are pretty white. Trump on every ticket, including Eric Trump, who will have time to speak at the convention, but decided that he was going to take the fifth uh, to New York prosecutors today. But, you know, why do we care? I mean, we're the law and order party. Why do we have to follow laws and order? I mean, this is this is the thing. And 42 percent of this country thinks it's okay. Now, uh, you know, Chris Hayes a couple of weeks ago did a great piece where he said, you know, he showed, you know, even in big landslides, you know, the the losing candidate gets about 40 percent of the vote. Makes a lot of sense. But 42 percent seems high to me. I just didn't think we had that many idiots in this country. But we do. And, 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 And nothing could be a better example of how dumb Trump supporters are than the We Build the Wall scandal that came out last week. I don't know if any of you are following this, but Steve Bannon got arrested last Friday for a scam that he had that was about building a wall. He was It was a nonprofit 501c3 that was going to build sections of wall uh, along private land. So there are a lot of private land where they don't want to, you know, there's eminent domain fights for this wall project that the president's got going on. But it turns out that most of the money was just going to Steve Bannon and his cronies. Now, look, if you're one of the idiots out there, and if you're listening to me, you're not one of the idiots that gave to the We Build the Wall. But if you know somebody who did, you know, they're not only idiots, they're racist idiots. First of all, the president said Mexico was going to pay for the wall. Why would we need a 501c3 to pay for a wall that Mexico is supposed to pay for? And he's already stolen money from the defense emergency fund to build the wall, saying that there was a national emergency at the southern border, which there clearly isn't. Um, this is just a travesty. He's actually only built five miles of new wall where there was no barrier in place. Now, you know, in some places it wasn't a barrier. It was a barrier. I don't know. It was a small barrier. It's quaint. This, this is just, you know, these are the people we're dealing with. Everything's a grift with the Trumps and the people around him. It's a grift. And yet people see this. And they don't care. So, you know, I'm, you know I'm, I go back and forth with this election. Do we try to persuade people or do we try to get out our people? And I'm more in the camp of let's get out our people than persuade people. And I know that DNC, and I said it was a good convention, and it was a good convention. Conventions are what they are. I know the DNC went a long way to try to persuade those casual Trump voters. Right, So Trump got about 45% of the vote. He's pulling at 42. He can't win at 42. If he gets back up to 45, he can win. Right, he, he, Even if Biden gets 55, 45% can give him a chance to win swing states and win the Electoral College because of our messed up 18th century system of picking a president which needs to change immediately after this election, right? And the way you keep it below 45 is those casual Trump voters who said, yeah, how bad can it be? Well, you show them how bad it got. And and I think a lot of them know it. He's been hovering at 42 for a year. You know, I look at the polls between Biden and Trump. The only number that goes up and down is Biden. Every poll has Trump around 
39%. Now, he's not going to get 39%. He's going to get like 42%, right? But every poll has him at 39, 40, 38. Those are the numbers you see. That's basically the same number in a poll. So persuasion, it's good for three points, maybe. Because those people might just not vote at all. And that's fine, too, as long as they don't vote for Trump. I think the real gain here is getting out the vote, getting people who are part of the Obama Democratic coalition, people who didn't vote in 2016 because they didn't like Hillary, uh, getting them to the polls, making sure that they know that their vote's going to count. And I think that the efforts we make over the next 69 days in this country should be all about telling people how their vote is going to count and how the Democratic Party is working to protect that vote. Republicans are out there saying we're going to have marshals at the uh, polling place. They're going to have a whole bunch of voter intimidation tactics. You watch. What are we going to do about it? We better be fighting back on that. Democrats better be doing everything they can to let people know that we will protect their vote, that we will fight for their vote, that we will protect the franchise, that this is important to us. Because if we don't, that voter intimidation tactic is going to work. And Trump will win the presidency with a smaller margin. You know, he'll still lose the popular vote. But he'll win Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Arizona. And it'll, it'll carry him. And he'll win him by a small margin. Because people were afraid. And we can't let people be afraid. Um, the, the vote is precious. It's sacred. It's the last line of defense against this maniac. And we got to make sure that people know that their vote counts. And he's doing everything he can. This vote by mail stuff that he's not, this nonsense he's doing with the post office it is nonsense. And by the way, if you're a postal worker and you were offended by the title of last week's podcast, I apologize. There are, you know, few people that work in government that I appreciate more than postal workers. And I had a, uh, you know, when, when the COVID-19 started, I talked about how I love postal workers and, uh, you know, sanitation workers who are out there doing their jobs during this uh, COVID-19. Um, I love it. And I love you. And I think you're all doing great work. And I think that you're on the front lines of democracy right now. And I will do everything I can to fight to protect you. And I think that everybody listening to this show should do everything they can to fight to protect the postal workers because they matter. They matter a lot, especially now, not just with the, the election, with COVID-19. I mean, how, how is it politically good for the president to dismantle the postal service during COVID-19? Well, I guess when one party says our platform is whatever you want, boss, I guess you could do whatever you want. And I guess that's what he's doing. He's doing whatever he wants. It's sick. It's absolutely sickening. We got to make sure people know that their vote's protected. Help me with that, okay? Do whatever you can. Uh, if you're an attorney and you're listening to me, volunteer with your local Democratic pro uh, Party to be an attorney on Election Day. Uh, and if, if they're not taking volunteers, if you live in a state that doesn't need attorneys let a state that's nearby that might be a swing state let them know that you're going to volunteer to be an attorney i'm an attorney and i'm going to go wherever they need me to go i uh i think it's important i think it's really important that we fight fire with fire 
and they're going to send, uh, you know, you know that song, send lawyers, guns, and money. Well, we'll send lawyers and money. They might send lawyers, guns, and money, and we might have a problem. But I believe in law and order. I believe in this country. And I don't believe that anybody's going to fire on their fellow citizen for trying to protect the vote. I mean, God help us if they do. But I don't think they will. I don't think that's going to happen. All right, more to come. I have no guests today. It's just me, Chris Hahn, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Just talking, just rapping. I didn't do a syndicated radio show this week, uh, past week, so I have no guests from the syndicated show. I will have L.A. Mistal on next week's show um, from The Nation. Uh, L.A.'s a great guy, friend of mine. Um, so, you know, th- look forward to that next week. Uh, of course, my WABC show, I don't know if you're, if you're listening to that. Uh, you could do that's every Sunday at 4 o'clock. Uh, if you're not in New York, download the 77 WABC radio app. It's free and you can listen live at four o'clock. And then there's podcast versions of that show as well on there. And you could call in on the weekend. So, all right, hang out. Be right back. By the way, if you're not following Anthony Scaramucci on Twitter, he did a thing uh, on Monday night explaining why he's not voting for Trump with the Lincoln Project. Um, check it out. Pretty good. Uh, I, I've become friends with the Mooch. Who? I mean, like, isn't this a strange world? Like, I'm friends with the Mooch. Um, I actually think he's a great guy. I don't agree with his politics, a lot of it. I'm sure he doesn't agree with a lot of mine. I, I'm looking forward to the days when I could go back to debating the Mooch and people like the Mooch on real policy and not just saying, oh, my God, this guy's horrible. I mean, right now, that's a debate. I mean, if you watch my debates on Fox News, it's about how horrible the president is, period. And 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 <laughs> I don't want to have that debate anymore. I want to have policy debates like I had for the first eight years of my career um, in broadcasting where I would go on TV with some of the best conservatives in the country and we would debate some policy. I mean, it wasn't like fine policy debating because, you know, you're doing a four-minute debate on national television. You know, you, you can only do so much, but at least you're talking about things that matter. Now it's like, oh, is Antifa coming to destroy American cities? No, they're not. <laughs> they don't even really exist. I mean, Antifa exists more in the minds of Republicans than they do in actual reality. Let's be very clear about that. But I miss I, I miss debating people like, I mean, I never debated Scaramucci, actually. I, I may have been on Fox Business with him really early in my career, like 10 years ago. Um, but I, you know, I debated people like him, conservatives who are not crazy, who, you know, have an ideology like, you know, my friend Evan, who's been on this show a bunch of times, Evan Siegfried, he's a Republican. We don't agree on a lot of things. Kind of hard for me to debate Evan right now because Evan agrees with me that Donald Trump sucks and he's bad for America. He's bad for the Republican Party, which has no platform other than what Trump wants. I miss debating people like that on real issues. When I talk to Amy Holmes, you know, Amy Holmes is like in a weird spot. I don't understand why Amy is still you know, somewhat supporting Trump. I don't think she really supports him. But Amy's one that will always try to get, you know, we'll, we'll get into a Trump debate, but she wants to debate policy because she's a policy wonk. She worked in the Senate just as I did. And, and she's smart as hell. And I miss debating her and people like her on issues that matter to America. Because right now, the only issue that matters to America is whatever issue Trump's spewing that day. 
And really the only thing that matters to me is defeating Donald Trump, which is one of the reasons why I like the Democratic Convention. I do like the idea of a coalition of the decent fighting to remove this guy. And that's what you saw at the convention. Yes, John Kasich got more time at the convention than AOC did. Um, Colin Powell, others, you know, other Republicans, Meg Whitman, Christy, you know, Christy Whitman, Christy Todd Whitman. I mean, they these are Republicans who are openly supporting the Democratic nominee. I, I, I guarantee you that this week at the Republican National Convention, you will not see any name brand Democrats coming out to say they support Donald Trump for reelection. You just won't. There's none out there. Uh, sure, they'll have some fake guy who said they left the Democratic Party, and I hope the press looks up that person's registration, okay? Because I I don't buy the walk-away nonsense that they started a couple years ago. It's, like, ridiculous, and it clearly didn't pan out in the 2018 midterms, and I don't think it's going to pan out this time. So I'm, I'm happy with the way the convention went. I am a little perplexed by some of the pundits that have been critical of the lack of overall substance. You know, usually conventions are an all-day thing. I was going to be there. I was going to be at both conventions this year. Um, An all-day thing where people debate and they talk about policy and you could find whatever you want. And then the prime time is exactly what this prime time was, although I thought this prime time was done better because the speeches were shorter. Joe Biden gave a 24-minute acceptance speech, America. That is one of the shortest acceptance speeches. I mean, it's the shortest one I could ever remember. I can't think of one that was that was shorter than that, at least in my lifetime. And I've watched every convention since 1980. I was a little kid in 1980, but I, I was a nut, okay? I, I liked politics when I was, I mean, 1980, what was I, eight, <laughs> right? Uh, so... It's a, I, I was there, I was involved, I, I watched it, I may have watched it later in life, but I have watched every convention speech since 1980. I even watched, even watched Reagan's convention speech in 1976, which um, wasn't an acceptance speech. Biggest mistake Gerald Ford ever made. Um, probably made the party say, yeah, maybe we shouldn't work that hard, we got the other guy waiting in the wings. Gerald Ford de- defeated Reagan uh, for the nominee in a pseudo floor fight at the RNC in 1976. Uh, Ford gave the speech of his life as an acceptance speech and then invited Ronald Reagan up, trying to, you know, gesture of good will to say a few words. Rod- Ronald Reagan spoke for about 10 minutes. I don't even think he had a note. And Ronald Reagan's an actor, he can emote, he's one of the best communicators ever to hold that office. And it was one of the best political speeches I've ever seen. And I am not a Reagan person. I don't like Ronald Reagan's policies at all. But I am a judge of politics. And it was good political theater. So 24 minutes to sum up why you're running for president. And I think he did a pretty good job of it. He gave four clear pillars that he's going to work on. COVID-19, the economy, the environment, and racial justice. I think that's clear. So I heard a lot of people say, oh, not enough substance. Well, you know. It's primetime television. There's not a lot of substance in primetime television. The substance is in the platform. The Democratic Party has a platform. It tells you what they're going to do. Joe Biden has a platform. He has plans on his website. You can go there. That's why they kept saying text Joe to 30330, right? Or check join or vote or whatever. They kept mentioning that. That's where the substance is. 
okay? This medium, television, radio, even podcasting, it is not about substance. It's about getting people to pay attention. And people have very short attention spans. So a 24-minute, like this podcast is already longer than 24 minutes, and I'm not even counting the commercials that they may have added by now. Um, 24-minute acceptance speech is a very short acceptance speech. And I thought they did a great job. I liked how they went outside and the cars were beeping their horns and blinking their lights and the fireworks. I thought it was great. I don't know what the Republicans are going to do this week to try to match that. I have a feeling it won't be as good because they're just not that talented and they don't really have great, talented, artistic people within their ranks. So who knows? I mean, I'm going to watch it. I'll probably comment on it on TV at some point during the week. I'll definitely be talking about it on the radio on Thursday and uh, and Saturday and Sunday next week. By the way, I told people last week my show was on Saturday. It's on Sunday on uh, WABC in New York. Um, by the way, follow me on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn. You'll know exactly where I am and what I'm doing at all times. Um, yeah, so... We'll see where we go here. I think that uh, I thought the convention was good. I thought Joe Biden was good. I thought the lineup of speakers was excellent. I love that they used the Bruce Springsteen song, The Rising. Um, I just thought it was fantastic. I loved the roll call. I thought they were going to screw that up. They didn't. Um, Republicans had their roll call on Monday, and then the president came out and spoke for an hour after it. Think about that. (laughs) It's like rambling on for an hour, and the networks carried it. But there is not that much time between now and the election. But in in politics, 69 days can be an eternity. Joe's up right now, but uh, don't expect it to be this big of a lead forever. A lot of work between now and then. And like I said, protecting the vote. That's where we got to put our money into right now. That's where our efforts got to be. Not just protecting the vote, but reminding people that their vote will count and that it will matter and that it will be counted. You look at the polls right now, 45% of Americans don't believe that their vote's going to count. That is horrible. That is a horrible number. It's the worst number I've seen. I I hate that number more than the 42% that like Trump. I mean, it's a horrible number. And it's something that that everybody who believes in democracy should be worried about right now. Because it's fragile. And if we don't protect it, it's going to be gone. If we don't make sure they know that their votes will count, we'll lose this election. Doesn't matter what the polls say. So join me on that, okay? And and, and work for it. I'm not going to say text me at uh, 30330, but if you, if you want to know something about Joe, text it to 30330. <laughs> uh, texting rates apply. So... All right, I'm going to make my producers happy, and I'm going to end this broadcast now. Um, It's a short one, but I have no guest. And I really do appreciate all the support. We had a great week last week, um, and I hope you enjoyed this short bit of me this week. But I'll be back next week with a full lineup with a guest and everything else. Uh, But don't forget, I want to remind you, as always, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth, America. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.